Hello and welcome to the Meet Me and Isaiah podcast. My name is Marnie Clark and I am so glad you joined us today. We are continuing with our Road to Emmaus series. We are asking Jesus to help us see him in the pages of Isaiah, the way he opened the scriptures to his disciples in Luke 24. So although Isaiah can seem complicated at times, the message is very simple. It is trust God, look to God. And we saw in chapter one that the people were not doing that. And so basically the concept of turning away from God is turning away from wisdom. It's turning away from light. And that rebellion against God is what puts people in total ignorance. And so that is the message of Isaiah 1 and really throughout the book. And we saw last week that although God had said in the old covenant, if you would obey me, you would be blessed. And if you did not, you would be cursed. We saw last week that God promised that he was going to do a new thing. And that when we looked ahead to Isaiah 53, we see that Jesus actually came and ultimately took the curse so that Israel could be blessed. And then through Israel, all of us who came to Jesus would also be blessed. And so this week we are continuing. We are in Isaiah 2, and I'm going to read that, and we are going to ask the Lord to open the scriptures to us. So let's pray before we read. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. I pray that your word would be made clear to each of us, that you would show us something new, something fresh, something that we can just hold deep in our hearts and that we could glorify you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's read Isaiah 2. This is a vision that Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords with plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For the Lord has rejected his people, the descendants of Jacob, because they have filled their land with practices from the east and with sorcerers as the Philistines do. They have made alliances with pagans. Israel is full of silver and gold. There is no end to its treasures. Their land is full of war horses. There is no end to its chariots. Their land is full of idols. The people worship things they have made with their own hands. So now they will be humbled and all will be brought low. Do not forgive them. Crawl into caves in the rocks, hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. Human pride will be brought down and human arrogance will be humbled. 
Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. For the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. He will cut down the tall cedars of Lebanon and all the mighty oaks of Bashan. He will level all the high mountains and all the lofty hills. He will break down every high tower and every fortified wall. He will destroy all the great trading ships and every magnificent vessel. Human pride will be humbled and human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Idols will completely disappear. When the Lord rises to shake the earth, his enemies will crawl into holes in the ground. They will hide in caves in the rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. On that day of judgment, they will abandon the gold and silver idols they made for themselves to worship. They will leave their gods to the rodents and bats while they crawl away into caverns and hide among the jagged rocks in the cliffs. They will try to escape the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty as he rises to shake the earth. Don't put your trust in mere humans. They are as frail as breath. What good are they? Okay, so if you are still with me, if you have hung in there through all of that reading of judgment, I'm so glad. So I'm talking to all of you who really want to hear about this passage. Um, You know, as I said before, Isaiah 1 through 39 is full of a lot of judgment. And so it can be difficult. These are passages in the past that I really have just kind of skimmed over, skipped over, don't want to read that, you know, and as a believer in Jesus, I know that we have passed out of judgment because of what he has done for us, passed out of that eternal judgment, and we are made right with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And so sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. We don't want to read it, but these passages are so important for many, many reasons. All of God's word is profitable. So with that said, I love that there is this glimpse of hope right in the very beginning of chapter two. God is giving them a glimpse. This is what the new Jerusalem is going to look like. So this is going to be wonderful. All of the nations are going to be coming at this point to the new Jerusalem to come and hear God's word that is going to go out. And so, you know, it's kind of funny. I feel like I've I've gotten a little bit of a softball this week looking for Jesus and Isaiah. But Truly, I mean, you can't help but think about Jesus delivering the Sermon on the Mount. He came, we talked about how Hebrews 1 says that Jesus came and explained God to us. Not only did he come to be our sacrifice, to stand in our place, to be the Passover lamb, the ultimate Passover lamb, he also came to explain God to us and the law went forth when that beautiful sermon on the mount where the disciples got confused was they thought Jesus when he came that he was bringing this the first time that he was bringing peace on earth and that he was coming in as king and that he was going to defeat the Romans and everything was going to be great. But what they didn't realize was that Jesus had a part one and a part two. Jesus's first coming, he came to save Israel from themselves. Because, you know, as we said 
in chapter one, God was actually sending these enemies to have the Israelites turn to him. He wanted them to turn to him. And so they needed, we need atonement for our sins. We need someone to save us from ourselves. So they were really confused because they thought that God was bringing this kingdom of peace right then. But Jesus's coming to them the first time, he was coming to fulfill this law himself. You know, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. So this Sermon on the Mount that he preached, it's really amazing when we hear things that seem so impossible, so hard, and they really are. You know, he's preaching this sermon saying, pray for those who persecute you. And what he did was he came and he did all of those things. Jesus, you know, you think about him on the cross. What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He came and did those things. He he loved his enemies. He prayed for those who persecuted him. He lived a flawless, sinless life and stood in our place as our substitute so we can be right with God. And so that is where a lot of the confusion came in because it was like, what? So with this being the Road to Emmaus series, you know, that was what the disciples said to Jesus on the Road to Emmaus. They said, we had hoped he was the the Messiah, the one who would come and rescue Israel. Well, he did. He rescued Israel from the big enemy, the, the ultimate enemy, which was the internal enemy, the enemy of sin. And then the second coming would usher in this new Jerusalem. And so I love the verse that says, come descendants of Jacob. I think it's verse five. Yes, it's verse five. Come says, come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And you think about that, you know, that law that went forth, that sermon on the mount, we think walk in light of that. And when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of God is here. And so we can go ahead and walk as children of the light, knowing he has fulfilled every law, knowing that sin has been taken out of the way and that there is no condemnation. You know, I often think about those verses in Romans 7 and then on to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 8. You know, Paul, who was an incredible apostle and he was a missionary and did all the things and you would think that he was the one who who would have had it all together in Romans 7, he says, you know, what I do, I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, I do. And then he moves on in Romans 8 to say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so knowing that our sin has been taken care of, it's like, walk, let's walk in light of what should be. And, you know, as we turn to God, as we trust him, as we look to the source of all wisdom, the more we trust him, the more we actually will walk as Jesus walked, the more we'll actually want to walk out those those instructions that Jesus gave us on the Sermon on the Mount, because, you know, Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples 
by your love for each other. And, you know, that is what is drawing people in. I've been reading these books recently, or actually, I've just read one book so far, but it's, there is a series called Hidden Heroes, and they're by Rebecca Davis. I'll put a link in the show notes. But basically, they're, they're these stories of missionaries from long ago, and talking about how the things they did, you know, loving their enemies, putting themselves in harm's way, praying. You know, there's a one story of this of this gentleman in Colombia who actually he was tied up, he was captured, he was kidnapped, and he was praying for his enemies, and they ultimately did come to know Jesus. You know, I love that. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So then after that beautiful verse about come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. He goes on to talk about the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, what was going to happen and how, you know, it says human pride will be humbled and human arrogance will be brought down. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. And so, you know, Isaiah is saying, basically, this is going to happen. You know, this is going to happen. So turn, look to the Lord, you know, he's provided a way. Um, this, this doesn't have to be and all of these things that you're putting your trust in, whether they're idols or wealth or other people, none of that's going to matter when when Jesus comes back the second time. We need him. And God has provided a way for us to be safe. God has provided a way to escape this judgment. And that is the good news of the gospel as we read all of this judgment. And if we look ahead, I love looking ahead in Isaiah um, as we are doing this study, but Isaiah 28, 16 says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. And so, you know, how do we how do we escape the terror that Isaiah was talking about? God made a safe passage for us to him. If we believe in the one whom he has sent, we have no reason to fear. And Jesus made it very easy to understand when he was talking to Nicodemus in John 3:16. He said it this way: For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so, you know, it might look foolish to the world to say, let's drop everything and follow Jesus. But in light of this judgment, it's like, this is, this is the most incredibly intelligent thing we can do in light of what will happen. We talked about last week, how you can reject God you can ignore God, but you can't avoid God. Like this, this will happen. And so it says, you know, why look to man? And you and you think about so many people around you, you might think it's ridiculous. Like, why are you giving up your life? Things that the world finds important, you know, 
to to follow Jesus. And I so love that that God made a way for everyone. You know, you you might hear that Christianity is, you know, closed closed-minded or exclusive or but it's it's really it's quite the opposite. Salvation is on God's terms not ours, but gratefully, he made it attainable for anyone, anyone who would come to him, anyone who would turn to him. No one is excluded because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And there is a rest and a peace in knowing Jesus, knowing he has saved us from our sins. I love this um, from First John 2, 1 through 2. It says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. There is a rest and peace knowing that our sins are taken care of. And there's also a rest that comes when we go ahead and throw away those things that are weighing us down, when we walk as he walked. And we can only do that when we are rooted and grounded in his love, in that security that we are loved and that Jesus is the one who does the work in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we trust God more and more, we will trust what he says, even those hard words, even even those words on the Sermon on the Mount that seem like that is not what I want to do. I don't want to love my enemy. I don't want to forget about money. I don't want to do all these things. But as we turn to God, he is going to change us. He's going to change our desires. We're going to want to walk those things out. And as we walk those things out, we are going to have peace because when we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be at peace if we are not walking as Jesus walked. And the more that we turn to him, he will conform us to his image through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to close with this passage that I think so beautifully sums up what we talked about today. It is 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So I'm so thankful that as we turn to the Lord, that he changes our desires and conforms us and makes us want to walk in his ways. So with that, I hope that you are enjoying this series. Please reach out to me and tell me what you are learning as you are reading Isaiah. You can reach out at info at meetmeinisaiah.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. So I look forward to seeing you all next time.